Thank you for tuning in to this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Once again, welcome to Connections and thank you all for coming out and being a part of this first Sunday of the new year. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, Happy New Year a few days late. Go ahead. And if you haven't figured it out yet, our theme for 2019 is renew because there are a lot of things that need to be renewed within us and about us. And there's just something about new, right? Just like she said on the video. And and many of you I know personally love that new car smell so much so that you trade really often to keep that new car smell and maintain that as, as much as possible. Right? How many of you? How many of you do that? You, you're going to own up to it, right? Yeah, there's a few hands. Well, well, let me let you in on a little secret. There's these new car air fresheners that you can buy that are a whole lot cheaper than those big old payments that you get by trading all the time. But but there's something about new that we just love, and 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 the reality of life as we know it full well is, is that things wear out on this side of heaven, and and things just break down. They get old. They just kind of just just fall apart, right? And I'm not just talking about Don this morning. I'm talking about all kinds of things in our lives just just tend to, to go that direction like furniture. How many of you have some furniture at your house that should have been thrown out like a year or two ago, but you're just holding on to it because it's so comfortable. You've got your groove worn in it. You know what I'm talking about? That little pattern that you've, you know, acquired through the years of, of sitting or laying on it. And, and, and how many of you in, in, in this room have some people in your family that you're like, I told you, you need to get rid of that thing like five years ago. What about socks? I mean, you know, come on. Anybody got some socks that are holy and not for the right reasons? That, that like, you know, uh, should have been thrown out like a year or two ago. And don't get me started on underwear, amen? Uh, come on, we'll, we'll just move right along. Uh, but, but things in this life wear out. They tear up. They, they run past their usefulness stage. And our lives are like that in, in a lot of ways. And most of us know that all too well. And we start out new and in great shape for the most part. But as, as time goes by, things kind of go south. And, and I'm just talking about physically, but more so our emotional state of being and, and more importantly our spiritual selves take some hits and can really sustain some damage. And we've all in this room and outside of this room that may be watching today or in the days to come, we've all experienced that. We've all felt that. We, we've all lived that. We, we have some baggage. We have some, some damage that we, we've taken, some, some big hits. Now, now I'm talking about some things like a, a major, major big hit, like a, like a tornado sweeping through and, and taking out houses and, and things of that nature. Anybody ever experienced a storm like that? How many of you remember Hurricane Hugo when it, when it came through this area? 200 miles inland and, and did so much damage to our, our homes and our yards and our trees were all over the place and cars crushed by falling trees and, and all kind of stuff. I mean, that's a, all of a sudden kind of thing. Back in that day, believe it or not, most of you in this room are too young to even know what I'm talking about, but back in that day, we didn't have 24-7 news available and 24-7 weather available, and we didn't have these devices that we are so attached to called cell phones and tablets and anything else. And so I remember vividly going to bed at like 11.45 because they extended the late news about 15 minutes to cover hurricane stuff at the beach. And they never said anything about, man, it could come to Charlotte. Nothing like that. Went to bed and just went to sleep in peace. Had no worries whatsoever. And the middle of the night was awakened by a phone call by a buddy of mine and said, Bert, what are you doing? And I said, 
it's three o'clock in the morning. I'm sleeping. What, what in the world are you doing? Why are you calling me at this time? Man, there's a hurricane hidden out by the tree. Just fell on my mom's car. You got to get up. Just suddenly, out of nowhere, and we, we take some hits like that in life, some things that you, you never saw coming. Life's going great. Relationships going wonderful. Kids are fantastic. Everything's hunky and dory, just like we like to say. And then all of a sudden, out of left field, something happens and disrupts the whole thing and brings amazing, incredible damage to our lives. I mean, it rocks us to the core. Just, just a quick, quick poll in this room. Just, just in this room. Those of you watching, I can't see your hand anyway, so don't raise it. Just in this room, how many of you have had some kind of big, devastating blow like that to your life? Man, that's the majority of us. But, but what about the other end of the spectrum? What about the slow, trickling effects of, say, water damage? Homeowners in here, you, you may know what I'm talking about. You, you didn't realize it, but there was a, a pinhole leak in, in a certain plumbing pipe, and, and there was a, a, just a small trickle of water that just kept, kept trickling, kept trickling. You didn't see it. You didn't notice it for months and months and maybe years. And then all of a sudden, you see the damage because you're walking through your kitchen and the next thing you know, whoop, you go through the floor right near, right near your sink. And then what, what you discover is that over a period of time, there's been this slow drip that just eroded the wood out from underneath your feet, literally, and, and destroyed your kitchen floor, your bathroom floor, or something in your house. We take those kind of hits as well. We, we have those kind of things that kind of eat at our souls and, and erode at our, our spirit, man, and, and kind of bring that diminishing effect to us so often. And the Bible describes it like this. It's the little foxes that spoil what? The vineyard. That those little things that can just continue and continue, if they're not stopped, if we don't recognize them for what they are, damaging and destructive, if we don't cut it off, they can continue to erode at us and bring amazing damage to our lives. So these are some of the effects of life and, and the hits that we take and the hurts and the damage that can that can happen because of them. And, and I'm not talking about houses this morning and you all know me, that's a big hobby and, and, and enjoyment of mine is repairing, remodeling, flipping houses, and, and I, I just love seeing something old restored to beauty again and, and usefulness. Far more important than that, folks, I'm talking about our lives. I'm talking about peel back the layers of this physical stuff and, and get to the inside of where we really live, the, the eternal part of it. I'm talking about our spirits and our souls. I'm talking about our minds and our hearts. I'm, I'm talking about the things that really, 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 really matter. And we've talked about it before. We spend so much time, countless hours on this outside, this shell, this temporary dwelling place, as Paul calls it, that we live in right now, in the, in the here and now, in the moment of time that we call our own. But here's, here's something far greater that we often neglect, and that is the inner man, the inner person, the inner young person, the inner woman, the, the, the person that God says is going to live forever. Amen. How many of you believe that we will continue on after this part of life fades away? So what are we doing to nourish and strengthen and bring health and vitality and, and hope and, and everything that we desperately need to that person that lives on the inside? Because I'm telling you, we're going we're gonna to take a look at something powerful this morning as we start 
our study called Renew. And when I, I want you to understand when I, when I talk about, we, we started out good just a few moments ago. We started out new in life. I mean, remember that stage. There's a lot of new life in this building right now. If you, I always make it a habit to go back to our classrooms at some point in time while church is going on and thank our teachers who are in there. I, I peek through the window because I don't want to go in there and disrupt anything. They've got, they've got a lot on their hands as it is. But I always love going back to the nursery, man, and seeing all those little, little babies in there, just, just brand new, just some of them a couple weeks old, some of them a couple months old. And it amazes me just how precious they are. But on the other hand, it amazes me how, how quickly they learn things like no. I mean, it seems like every one of them, that's the first thing they learn. Not mom, not dad, not thank you, not more cereal, please, not, hey, this is great, I'm having a wonderful day, but no. That whenever they begin to be able to communicate that you ask them something, tell them something, request something, brother, it's like, no. And then you have to break that. There's something inside, I'm not saying that we're perfect when we, when we come out of mom, but I'm saying we're new. Like a, a fresh piece of clay that's ready to be molded and shaped and, and is not really marred in that sense. Not perfect because we all know that, that from the very beginning, our great, 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 great grandparents, I don't know if I had enough greats in there, Adam and Eve in the garden, did something very bad, right? They rebelled against God's commands. They, they were told of one tree not to partake of, and they did what? They, they did it anyway. So the Bible tells us that's where sin entered the picture, and that from that point in time on, that we were all literally born into sin, unfortunately, but thank God that he sent his son Jesus to break the curse of sin upon our lives and free us from that and forgive us and bring salvation. But I didn't say that we were born perfect because none of us are, even though some of you may think you are, you need a wake-up call to realize that you're not, right? Just nudge your neighbor and say, sorry, you're, you're really not. Go ahead, help me out this morning. Today we're going to look at a man by the name of King David. How many, how many of you like King David? How many like his story and the account and the testimonies of his, his great exploits? How many of you, we all remember the, the one big, big one, right? Where he stood in front of a giant and he said, you're not going to curse God. I'm going to take you down and I'm going to cut your head off. And that's exactly what he did. I love that. Man, that just gets you going. It's just something like, yeah, bring on the giants. I'm ready. You're going down. You will not defile God and his people. I mean, woo, that'll preach. That'll preach every single day, right? Am I, am I right? Unfortunately, we're not talking about that story today. We're talking about a very, very different chapter in David's life where I'm telling you, a tornado, hurricane, whatever you want to call it, hit his life. You want to know the tragic thing about it? Are you with me right now? He brought it on himself. What? Yeah, he, he brought it on himself. If you have your Bibles, turn to Psalm 51. That's where we're going to kind of walk through this morning. Psalm 51, as we kick off our study called Renew, which again is a theme for 2019, we're starting with the extremely important area of renewing a right spirit within us, within me. Make it personal, as Pastor Scott said just a few moments ago, because that's where it all starts. And we're going to study a number of things in our lives that, that need possibly to be renewed, but, but it all starts in our spirit. As David prayed in this psalm for this to happen in a very painful season of his life, some would even say that it was a season of backsliding in a sense. This particular occasion in David's life is recorded in this powerful prayer of a psalm that we have now in our Bibles. And folks, we know that the guilt of sin weighs incredibly heavy on our hearts and lives. 
How, how do we know that? Because we've all done it. I mean, it starts early. Like I said, those, those new little, little beautiful, precious children that come out, they're not perfect. And so before you know it, not only are they telling you no to stuff, but, but they're also kind of struggling with things like taking what's not theirs. You know, if, if they, they see a toy that, that their little buddy has in the nursery, they just, whoop, 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 mine, mine, mine. And the other one's like, what? No, time out. That, that was mine. I was playing with it. Next thing you know, there's a little battle going on in there. And the next thing you know, all the other kids are surrounding them. They got money out and they're betting on who's going to win. No, I'm just kidding. It doesn't go to that extent. But there's just something about it that, that we all understand that we, we've done those things. And I'm going to tell you, the conviction of the Holy Spirit starts early. Because when you do something that you know you're not supposed to do, all of a sudden your heart is gripped. And whether you know Christ or not, there's just something born in us that says, that's not right. Some people call it a guilty conscience or whatever, but we know it is conviction of God saying, that's not how I created you. That's not the life that I destined for you. Those are not the rules that we're to live by if you're a rule person or whatever you want to say. That's just not right. And so it begins early. And we know what that's about. And we start feeling that weight. We start feeling that conviction. We just start feeling that stuff inside of us that says, that I've got to change. I've got to figure this out. I've got to get rid of this heaviness. Now, the background for the writing of this psalm, listen to these, these words. After David murdered, basically, Uriah, one of his, his mighty captains in his army, to cover up his adulterous affair with Bathsheba. That's the background. Boy, David did that. The little shepherd guy on the hillside watching his dad's sheep and singing worship songs to God and, and standing before that giant and, and taking him down and, and leading his mighty men and becoming the great, great king of Israel. David did this. A man who's described, as I mentioned a moment ago, a man after God's own heart, he did this. You better believe he did it. Which tells us a great lesson right there. None of us are immune Every one of us are susceptible to the schemes of the enemy, the devil, who wants to come and steal and, what's that again? He wants to come and, and destroy, exactly, steal, kill, and destroy. That is his agenda. No other agenda. That's what he is here to do. That's what he strives to do every single day. So none of us are susceptible. None of us are, are immune to it, should I say. We are all susceptible to do crazy things, terrible things like this. And that's exactly what David did. He sinned terribly. And as we find out in this psalm, listen to just the first couple of verses. He says in verse 1, have mercy upon me, O God. Because what had happened here is he was hiding that sin for a while. Many of you may not remember that part of the story, but let me just catch you up on it. He was kind of concealing that. He kind of had it all worked out and, and was just kind of suppressing it. Don't we do that a lot with, with our sin? I mean, how many of you thought you were going to come the first Sunday of the new year and hear a preacher preach to you about sin? That's what I thought. One guy, one guy in the audience said, yep. But, but please understand on the flip side of that, we're talking not just about sin, but God's grace that is greater than all of our sins today. That's the end of the story, but I've given it to you already, but, but just bear with me here. 
But David had concealed that sin. He had suppressed it. He had pushed it down. He had tried to pretend it wasn't there. How many times do we do the very same thing in our lives? Whether it's big or small stuff, how many times do we just kind of ignore it and run away from it and we, we start feeling that conviction of the Holy Spirit and then we run to our, our computer, we run to our tablet, we run to our friends, we run and grab a drink maybe and shouldn't do that and we try to hide it, we try to cover it up, we try to do whatever we can with it except, and get this, this is a novel idea, we don't want to just deal with it in the right way, the way that we should. And that's where David's struggling. So in these first two verses, he says, have mercy on me because the prophet Nathan had come to David and said, your time is up with this. God knows what you've done. You know that. And God has revealed to me that you are guilty of these things. And now I know. And so he tells David, what are you going to do about it? And so in this room right now and outside of it, I'm just saying this. If we've got some stuff, whether big stuff or small stuff, whether the the big tornado comes and hit that we have brought home, or the slow trickle of sin that has kind of set up in our lives and just been drip, 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 dripping away and bringing damage to to the spirit man of who we are, to the God man inside of us that he desires to create in his image, to be like him. Whatever the case may be, or in between that, just some medium sin stuff, you know, because we kind of categorize sin, don't we? We're, we're pretty good at that. Where God says it's, just, it's sin. It violates my holy standard, my love for you. Nathan confronts David, and David makes this prayer and these pleas. He says, have mercy on me, O God. According to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. That's a great start to a prayer. Here's a man who responded correctly. Now, parents, I know all of you in this room, you've never had to deal with this. I know it's only me and my, my household and my kids. But sometimes my kids don't do everything they're supposed to. And I have to walk with them through a, a discipline phase. I know you don't ever face that. I know your kids are angels and you guys never have that issue. But believe me, every once in a while, like every three hours or so, I deal with it with my kids. And there have been times when I have initiated the, the process of discipline and they responded beautifully to the point I walk away and say, there's something I'm missing. They've, they've got something concealed that I didn't find. They, they know something on that this just went too easy. You ever kind of been in that boat? But there have been many other times. That those are the, the, the minority group there. There's been many, many times where I've instituted the discipline process. And guess what? They've pushed back to me. They've, they've kind of fought me on it. They've kind of stood their ground and say, ha, huh, dad, but you don't know, but they did this and, and you don't understand. And, and I'm stop. I don't care. You cross the line. You're going to pay the price. I know you guys never face that. So pray for me. And Tiffany, because I know we're the only ones. Your kids are amazing. Can our kids hang out with your kids a lot more? I mean, like, in the next couple hours, they'll be free for the rest of the day. So if you just go want to take them and help, help them, we, we, we're okay. I'm just kidding. I know you'd never do that, so forget that. Um, 
What I love about this, when David was confronted, when God sent Nathan and said, you need to go read his mail. David didn't try to just weasel out of it or back up or, or say, well, wait, hold on. No, 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 no. He just said, okay, you are right. I am that man. I took that little sheep that didn't belong to me. I had this man killed. I, I did it. And here's something that's first thing on your outline. If you haven't grabbed those, get them out right now. That's a simple thing, but it's a powerful thing. He does something that's very rare these days. I mean, super rare. He asks for forgiveness. Don't you love that? He basically said, yep, you're right. It's me. I am guilty. And he did it in such a powerful way. These first two verses, he expressed his deep need for forgiveness of his sins. He writes his need by using Hebrew parallelism, which they call it, which is in most English translations today. And there are three triplets that he writes down here to reinforce his plea for forgiveness. First thing, David's plea is based on God's mercy, God's unfailing love, and his compassion. He makes note of all three of those attributes of God, his mercy, his unfailing love, and his compassion. And that's important. Why, you may be asking, it's very simply because we need those three things in our lives right now. We need those three things in our lives every single moment of every single day. We need God's mercy desperately, don't we? How many of you have already messed up in the new year? I know there's probably only about one or two of us. Wait a minute, What? You gotta be, people's raising both hands like, hallelujah, yes, sir. Somebody's sticking a foot up in the air with the two, you know, whatever you can get up. Yes, we have. But the beautiful thing about it that is a truth to all of us is the Bible tells us that God's mercies are new, not just every single year, not just the flipping of, a, of December 31st and January 1st, but God's word tells us powerfully that his mercies are new, what? Every single morning that we open our eyes. And I don't know about you, but I need the mercies of God every moment of my life. And then there's this thing called unfailing love. Man, we've dealt with conditional love a whole lot in our lives, haven't we? I'll love you as long as I'm in the mood. I'll love you as long as you're doing something for me. I'll love you as long as you're paying my bills. That's not love. That's not love at all. But here's a God that created the heavens and the earth and all that's in it and anything else that's beyond our finite minds that tells us over and over and over again throughout his word, I love you with an everlasting love and I will not change my mind about you. Others may, others will come and go, but I will always be with you. And then there's that compassion, the compassionate heart of God the Father, who says, yep, you messed up, but you know what? I still love you. Come here, jump in my arms. We're going to get this right. Come here. I'm going to hold you. Come here. I'm going to nurture you. I'm going to restore you. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to help you. Why? Because my compassions, they fail not. My mercy is new every morning. My compassions will never fail. They will always be towards you, just pouring out like an ocean of of water just rushing towards you. I love you unfailing, and my compassions will always be yours. Mercy, mercy, mercy. You see, what I love about David here is that he didn't, he didn't try to negotiate with God and say, God, you know what? I, I, I admit it. I blew it big time here. 
Man, these are the, the worst of the worst kind of things that a person can do to other people. And, and I, I messed up. I had a guy murdered. I, I slept with his wife. I, I did all those things. They were terrible. But if, if you will remember, God, when that great big old giant was, was coming out there on the battlefield and taunting your people, remember, remember how bad it was? He, he was literally cursing your name before the armies of Israel and taunting them because no one would dare stand up. But guess what? Remember, remember me, God? I was the little teenage shepherd boy that going up to the front lines to bring some, some lunch to my brothers, and they were scared. They wouldn't dare step out. They were hiding over here, trembling. Just nobody would face him, but I did. Remember that? And, and it was with, with your help. You, you, you enabled me. You, you guided the rock and everything, and we, we took him. Don't you remember? Does that not, like, balance this out a little bit? Maybe. What was that, Jess? What? No, but I love the fact that David didn't try that. How many of us have tried that before? Now, God, I know I blew it over here, but remember over here where I did all that. I went and helped the homeless. I, I was feeding them at the Salvation Army. I was dishing out food on their plates, and, and they were so, so grateful for it. And, and I felt so warm inside. But, you know, I know I blew it big time over here and over here and over here. But, but don't these kind of equal out the, the ledger a little bit and doesn't that get me out of this, this situation? Maybe doesn't, isn't that the way? No, it doesn't work like that. But David didn't try that. I love this. That basically David did this one thing. He said, God, forgive me. As a matter of fact, this was a plea for forgiveness. David was saying, Lord, I need you. I need you. He didn't make excuses. He didn't try to justify himself. Second thing on your outline is basically this. We, we see that he owned it. Write this down. I think I've got it on your outline. Let me check. Do, 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 do. Oh, it's part of it. Confession is powerful. Confession is, is freeing. It's powerful. It's amazing. In verse 3, David describes the burden of the guilt of his sins, which he had, he had been carrying. David said, for I know my transgressions. Notice that he makes a personal. He's not blaming anybody else. They're mine, and my sin is ever before me. He speaks of the great pain that, that people carry within themselves when they have done things that are terrible and grievous and sinful. Listen, folks, conviction won't let us go. And I'm, I'm thankful for that. We know we shouldn't have done what we did. We know we should have did what we didn't do it's at times, the sins of omission, whatever it may be. The sin rests before your mind. It keeps you up at night. It messes with us. It affects every part of our lives because nothing is right until we get this right with him. Amen? Everything else in life is going to be off kilter. It's just going to be out of balance. It's just not going to work. It's not going to function. It's not going to be smooth. We're not going to find that rhythm that God desperately wants us to be in in life because of the stuff that's weighing us down. It's gripping our hearts. It's, that's messing with us in every way imaginable. But David openly proclaims to God that he has sinned. He's not in denial like our modern-day politicians. You know, their, their great philosophy in politics has been for a number of years, deny and deflect. <laughs> deny and deflect. I didn't do it. They did it. Take the cameras over there. There's the story. David did none of that. Listen, folks. Until we own our stuff and confess it before God, look at me this morning. We will never find freedom 
and the forgiveness that we so desperately need. We failed God. David goes on to talk about, I know, I know my parents were sinners. I know my grandparents, he talks about the, the lineage and being born into sin and all that stuff we talked about a few moments ago. But here's the thing about it. He never blamed it on them. So many people try that today. Oh, I would be different if my, if my parents and my grandparents hadn't done this and, and set this thing in motion in our family and, and they raised me like this or they wouldn't do this or they did do that or blah, 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 blah. No, you are a human being. You are an individual. You make your own choices, right? Well, that's kind of harsh. You, you're going to hurt somebody. They need their safe place. <laughs> their safe spot. I can't even get it out. I am not diminishing the fact that things happen to us. We've all experienced that. I included multiple things that I've shared with you, some things I've never shared with you, but here is what I am pushing and promoting right now in this moment, that God is bigger than all of that, and with his help and his healing and his redemption and his power and his everything, if we lean into him and fall into him and just surrender completely to him and cry out, as Pastor Scott said, we ask him and go to him, he will hear our cries and he will heal us and restore us and renew us every Every part of our lives. That's what I am promoting here today. And if we grab a hold of that and make it our own, our lives will never, ever, ever be the same. We asked last week for a hundred people to come to Jesus Christ at least this year through Connections Church, guys. And a part of that is us getting our stuff right and being the bright, shining, shining city on a hill that God has created for us to be. And if we don't get that right, we're never going to help somebody else. David did. And then this is what I love. He signs up for the deluxe wash package. Now, how many of us, after about 45 straight days of rain we've had, it seems like that, our cars are in desperate need of washing? I have a white truck. Well, it used to be white. It's parked out there in the front, and it's getting a bath today. And you know, y'all know me, I'm frugal. We did as much as we could in this building ourselves. Me and Scott hung every wooden door in this building. We painted, we did whatever to save a dime. So when I go to the car wash and all those options they have on the board there, you know, they're just trying to upsell you. Some of that stuff you don't even need. I mean, what is undercoating? I don't know. Do I need it? I don't think so. I don't look up under my truck. I mean, nobody else is getting down saying, man, under your truck looks great. That $12 you paid additionally on the car wash was well worth that money. You need to keep doing no. But they have all those options there. How many, we're going today. Me and, me and my wife made a date today. We're going to the car wash together. At the car wash, baby. We're taking both our vehicles. They need them. But when I go, I'm pretty frugal. There's a thing called basic wash. That's it. And if I splurge, might be a little bit on tire shine because people do see the tires, you know. You want them shining pretty good, but that's it. I don't get the undercoating. I don't get the wax. I don't get whatever else there, the treatment for, you know, de-icing or what. I don't get that stuff. But I love this. David, he prays this prayer, and he asks God to just give him the deluxe wash package. If you start at verse 7 with me, he says, Purge me with hyssop, so I'll be clean. Wash me, and I'll be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness. I love that. That the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins. Blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit, a right spirit within me. Don't cast me away from your presence, and please don't take your Holy Spirit from 
from me. In verse 12, restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. Whoa. He just pushed all the buttons on the board. I need it all, God. I, I am that bad off. I am that dirty. I am that sinful. I am that wrong. Come and cleanse me, God. I'm going to tell you something. There's some of us that need to make this prayer in our lives. I'm not pointing any fingers because I need to make this prayer too. Probably many of us. Because we, we automatically think about the big stuff like that, you know. Oh, yeah. Murder and adultery and, oh, those people are terrible. Boy, they're sinful. They're shameful. They're going to rot in hell for that. Blah, 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 you know. But we talk about gossip. We talk about holding grudges. Oh, well, that, that stuff, that's just a part of life, Pastor. Come on. That, we all do that. I don't care. I don't care if we all and our brothers do it. The Bible says those things are wrong. What about having that awful thought about somebody? What about thinking terrible things about them? I hope they die. I hope they break their leg. I hope they this. I hope they lose their job. I hope, is that right? Tell me. Come on. Man, it got quiet in here. Crickets. Choo, choo, choo. Come on. It doesn't matter. Sin is sin. We need cleanse from the top of our head to the soles of our feet, everything in between. Our eyes, our, our ears, what we're listening to, what we're watching, what we're saying, what's coming out of our mouth, the thoughts and the intents of our heart and our mind, everything needs to be cleaned up. And David acknowledges that and says, God, just wash everything. God, cleanse me, purge me. That word purge is strong. I thought about that when I was doing laundry yesterday. That's right, people. I can wash some clothes. But I had to call my wife because she wasn't home from work. I started Friday night. And in my jeans, they had some mud on the knees. That was from all the praying I've been doing this week. Come on. I said, what, what do I do? I need to put anything extra on here or just kind of throw one of those pods in there. And we said, no, 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 no. Said, Take somebody to shout. Whoo, come on. Spray it on those knees, right? Because the Bible says you got to shout it out sometime. Well, I don't know if it says that, but I like to think it does. But I think some of you need to shout some stuff out in your lives today. So I sprayed it on there, put it there, and, and, and I got to thinking, man, that's purging the, those jeans. Man, man, deep down in the fabrics down in there where you don't even really see, it's getting all the stuff out that's in there that shouldn't be in there. And it reminded me of, of studying this this week, that that's exactly what David was praying. Purge me, get in the fibers of my being, every part of who I am, and get it all out. Not just the surface stuff. Not just the, hey, brother, how you doing this morning? God bless you, man. Praise God, what a glorious day. The sun's out. I mean, get all that stuff that we hide. Just get it out. Because that, that's, that's what David did. Here, verse 11, let me just hit this before we finish up. Strongly points out David's concern when he prayed this. Cast me not away from your presence. And don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Because we've all heard that lie from the enemy. God's, God doesn't want you anymore. He's thrown you out like the garbage after Christmas on the curb. After what you did, what you said, after your sin, you think God, David felt that. The enemy was whispering in his ear just like he whispers in ours. Hey, you're, you're done. You've gone too far. You've outran his grace and his forgiveness there's no hope for you. David was feeling that, and that's why he made that plea. 
don't cast me out from your presence because I'm going to tell you something. And look at me. Don't miss this. I don't want you looking down around anywhere else. When you've been in the presence of God, when God's presence lives in you and his person lives and dwells in you and you know what the presence of God is, listen to me. When you are away from it, man, everything is wrong. There's nothing like being in the presence of God. And I'm going to tell you, there's nothing like the presence of God being in us. David's heart was broken. He was crying out, God, don't take your spirit. Don't cast me out of your presence. I, I need you, Lord. I need you. Listen to me. Sometimes we just need a wake-up call in life. I've seen the fire of God on many of your lives throughout the years. And I've seen the drift on many of those same lives throughout the years. Sometimes you're so red hot for Jesus Christ that that you just can't get enough. You're at every prayer meeting. You're at every Bible study. You're going to all 14 connect groups every night, every morning, every every day. You you can. You just you're at everything. You're here on the front rows, man. You're lost in His presence. You're singing His praise. You're worshiping like a like a house of fire and everything. And then I've seen where you've drifted and drifted. And then sometimes we can't even find you. I've tracked, tried to track many of you down through the years on calls and texts, coming to your house, trying to find you. You avoid me. <laughs> you hide. You run. I'm here to remind you this morning that God loves you with an everlasting love. His mercies are new every morning, and his compassion is for you, and he is drawing you back to that fire. He's saying, come around, warm your hands, warm your heart, warm your life, get yourself set on fire because I'm coming back soon, and I need a people that's shining bright, that's on fire, that you can't stop, you can't hold back, that all of hell itself cannot contain because my fire lives in your hearts and lives, and you are setting this world on fire in these last days. David understood what that meant and he cried out Lord don't be done with me don't throw me to the trash heap God I need you and I want you and there's there's the key do we want him because he wants us he is relentless to chase us he is relentless to come after us with his everlasting love some of you are getting a wake up call right now because lastly, it's all about giving God what he wants and what he deserves. David finishes up in 13 through 17, the verses here. And I want you to hear these verses as we finish up this morning. Here's what David said. God, if you forgive me, restore me, cleanse me, do these things. God, I need them desperately. I am guilty. It's me. It's me, Lord. I'm confessing. Here's what he says. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners shall be converted to you. Huh? What about that? When we get our stuff right, it's our responsibility, it's our duty, it's our calling, it's our mandate to go out and proclaim the good news of Jesus. Look what he did for me. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was the chief of sinners, but now I'm proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. He has changed my life, and what he's done for me, like we used to say in the 70s, he'll do for you. God is here to do that. David said, first of all, I'm going to do that. Then he says, deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, oh God. The God of my salvation and my tongue... Not everybody hear this, even those of you out in the foyer, in the hallways, in the classrooms, outside of this room. Here's what he says. God, deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed. Free me, cleanse me, wash me, make me new. The God of my salvation and my tongue shall sing aloud. My tongue shall sing aloud of your righteousness. My tongue ain't going to be over here going like, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, you're so good. Don't. Uh, 
I just thank you, Lord. Bless your name. Is that loud? Is that what he deserves? Oh, but pastor, you, you haven't heard me sing, and I don't have that gift, and it doesn't matter. David didn't say, I've got a wonderful quality voice, which I think he did. None of that mattered. He just said, I'm going to sing aloud your praises. I am going to lift up my voice. I'm going to let it rip. Then he goes on in verse 15. He says, oh, Lord, open my lips and my mouth shall show forth your praise. Woo! Some of you need to praise your life into a better place with God. Some of you need to just open up and let it go. Some of you just need to drop the chains around you and not worry about what's going on around you or anybody else around you or nothing else except, God, I love you, and I'm going to sing my lungs out to you. Wow. That had been a good place for something. Oh, me, oh, my, amen, something. And get this, verse 16, for you do not desire sacrifice or else I would give it. You do not delight in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God, hear this, are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. Wow. Broken spirit. So we're to teach the transgressors. We're to sing out our praises to God. And we're to live with a broken and contrite heart. Like, God, I'm nothing if it's all you, but with you, I'm everything. Lord, I humble myself before your mighty presence so that you can be exalted inside of me. God, it's all you. I just get to, to, to glory in your favor, God. I just get to wallow around in, in who you are and just, just be who you created me to be, God, your child. I belong to you. God, renew my spirit. Change my heart. Would you bow your heads Close your eyes for just a moment. Please hear this this morning. I believe that just as David realized, renewing our spirit is comparable to making sure the foundation is right on a house because you can remodel everything else and get it looking amazing. I mean, better homes and garden type stuff. And But if your foundation is, is messed up, it's going to crumble. It's going to fall apart. It's not going to stay that way. Spirit is everything. So what does yours look like? If, a, if an athlete or a team loses its spirit, they have no chance to win. Some, some of us have lost our spirit. That's why I, growing up in pep rallies and ball games and stuff at school and used to love the, the crowd and the cheerleaders, they'd get all excited and, and they, would, they would do this cheer. We got spirit, yes we do. We got spirit, how about you? And then the other side, we got spirit, yes we do. We got spirit, how about you? We got more, we got more. Today I believe the the angels in heaven and God himself is saying, I want to revive your spirit. I want to renew your spirit. I want to heal your spirit. I want to cleanse your heart. I want to work miracles in and through your life. This is your year. 2019, things are going to change. Many of you, all of you didn't come here by chance today or just, well, I think it'd be a good place to try, check out, visit, whatever. No, God ordained you to be here, even if it's just for a Sunday, but I, I believe it may be for more than that. Whatever the case is, God needed you to come and hear what he had to say to you today. He's here to heal and restore and renew, forgive, 
cleanse, pour out his love. I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hands this morning. If you, if you sense the Holy Spirit drawing your life back to God or closer to God or something going on in you, would you just get up from where you're at right now and just, just walk down here and stand with me? Stand with me because I'm down here too. Would you just make your move right now? All across this room, thank you, thank you. How many others just say, you know what? It's my day, it's my time. I'm going to make my move. Would you just come now and, and do that with these that are, that are making their move at this moment? Would you just come now? Thank you, thank you. Who else? Don't, don't fight it, don't resist it, don't push it away. God is here in a powerful, life-changing way, and it's your time, it's your moment. Would you just come now? And I need some others that have come and rally around these precious folks who are who are making their way, who are walking forward, who are making that step and that decision. Would you come, men and women and young people, just come and begin to surround these and gather here at the front of this church. God is doing an amazing, profound work of renewal that begins this moment in all of us. I need some folks to come and stand with these young, young people over here that made their move, that are that are here for an encounter with God that will leave them changed by his power. Some others of you need to make your move. You've, you're harboring some stuff. You're holding on to bitterness, unforgiveness. You've, you've spoken some things you should not speak. You've thought some things you shouldn't think. You've, you've done some things you shouldn't do. You've not done some things you should do. God's called you and pushed you to go and make something happen help somebody, bless somebody, step out in ministry in some way. I don't know what it is, but you've resisted that. Would you come now? Would you come now? As you are here this morning, would you just open up your heart? Would you just lift your hands to the Lord and say, God, come and forgive me and cleanse me. God, change me. You, you know what's going on in your life. You know what, what drew you here this morning. You know what the Holy Spirit's stirring in your spirit right now. Would you just begin to, to speak that out to him, to confess those things, ask him to come and cleanse and renew and whatever it is. Holy Spirit, thank you for loving us. Thank you for coming as Jesus himself sent you and, and you come down from heaven, God, to invade our lives, not just to, to touch us on, on, a, on a momentary basis, God, but to fill our lives, to fill our hearts, our souls, everything about us with your spirit, God, to change us from the inside out. And Lord, we surrender to you right now. We like David cry out this prayer, God, it was us. We sinned. We failed, God. We've been wrong. We did it. It was our choice, our decision, our sin. And Lord, we thank you. We just fall into your grace, your mercy, and your forgiveness. And we ask you to come and do a cleansing work within us, God. Redeem us right now. Restore us and renew us, God, as never before. And Lord, we understand that that glorious day was for us, God, that you established that just for us, Lord. And we're going to sing and we're going to celebrate. Would you stand across this room right now, church, and God, those who are saying, Jesus, I surrender my life for the very first time. God, we pray for your great salvation to belong to them, God, and we celebrate with them as we worship you. We declare like David, we'll show the transgressors, God, your way, and we will shout your songs of praise today as we lift you up. Would you do that with us right now, church? Let's sing this to him. Thank you for tuning into this week's message. For more information about Connections Church, you can go to connectionschurch.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.